steps for brands. One giant leap for brand kind. You're listening to Food Chain, presented by Perfy. A big thank you to this episode's sponsor, Triple Whale. Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform clarifies your ad performance across channels, keeping you instantly in the know. Hit the link in the show notes and use promo code PERFY for 15% off today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Food Chained. Today, we have Stephen Caldwell, CEO of Rosti with us. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super excited. Did I pronounce Rosti right? Uh, you did. It's actually, and it's Rosti Stuff Spuds. Now, you pronounced it like any Westerner should pronounce it, Rosti. But the, the, the two umlauts over the O, actually, from Switzerland, you would pronounce it, or from Europe, Rushti. Uh, but uh, Rushti, you got to roll that tongue. But uh, I'm not holding anybody to that. It's Rosti Stuff Spuds. The louts always get me. So I'm surprised <laughs> I even got it. Those, those, those pesky little louts. So, Stephen, tell me about uh, more about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Sure, sure. Uh, the love of food started 40-some years ago. Uh, I was five or six years old watching Galloping Gourmet. I don't know if you or anybody else on your show might remember that, but it's Graham Kerr was a really flamboyant uh, chef that he had a show. My mom and I used to watch it, and he would make these three-course meals on on stage and in front of a live audience. And then at the end of the show, after the last commercial, he would invite a lovely woman up from the audience and plate two dishes, and then they would toast wine, and that was it. And I always looked at that as, God, I, that just looks like so much fun. And of course, I love food. Uh, and the other one was Julia Childs. So she was just an amazing uh, mentor from the standpoint that, uh, you know, she r- was really true to form for her own uh, in her own right, bringing in the, you know, the, the French cuisine type style of food that, uh, you know, that everybody remembers the uh, you know, the chicken on Saturday Night Live. But anyway, fast forward, met my wife, Lori, uh, 20 years ago. Next week, actually, it'll be our 20th anniversary. And yes. we um, thank you so much. And we were involved in several different things, uh, you know, when we got married. But what we always came home to on the weekends, we would love to have dinner parties. And, and try different foods and share it with friends and family. And I had, a, you know, I was involved in another company where I traveled extensively outside of the country. So I would always look for the craziest hole in the wall alleyway, you know, cooking something over a 55 barrel drum over fire. And then I would use my Blackberry at the time several years ago, and I would do everything I can to document what was in it. So when I came back, you know, our friends and family would say, what did you eat? When are we going to try it? So then that would give me the opportunity to recreate what I experienced five to 8,000 miles away for friends and family. I was traveling actually in South America, and this is seven or eight years ago, and I was heading to South Africa, and there was a uh, dinner catered in our, and kind of in my honor to say goodbye. And at the last minute, my partner's down there's wife decided not to make dinner because she had heard an ad on the radio. And it was a catering company by two cousins, one a chef and one who had spent uh, nine years in Switzerland called Senor and Senora Batata, Mr. and Mrs. Potato. Uh, so they came into their house, put up all these, you know, all these fry pans, started frying shredded potatoes like hash browns. And then they started adding like meats and cheeses and vegetables. And then they would cover it with shredded potatoes, fry it on both sides and then quarter it. My first bite was a showstopper. I literally stopped in my tracks and went, why is this so darn delicious? So I get back uh, a couple of weeks later after the, a long, extensive travel, 
And I told Lori about it. And she's like, sounds like a stuffed hash brown. I said, I know, but I think there's more depth of roots in this from an international perspective. So we started looking passively online and found out that it originated in the canton of Bern, Switzerland, over 200 years ago as peasant food. So wives would do the same thing that I just described. They would shred potatoes, hash browns, because they were cheap. Potato fields were everywhere. Uh, They would hold over leftovers from supper the night before. They would do the same thing, fill it, cover it fried on both sides that would not only sustain the men in the fields all day but it would bring friends and family around the table you know as it does with Lori and i and our children today and as we hope to do with every single person across the country that get gives us the opportunity to to earn their business uh by trying one of our stuff spuds so in a long kind of winded way that was the journey and when i woke up one morning i told Lori about it was four years ago Uh, We got an offer from uh, the Oregon State University as a food innovation center here in Portland. And they said, we hear you're trying to fill a potato. We'd love to assist. With the help of them, eight weeks later, their food science chefs and director of uh, innovation, uh, we created our first flavors. And from there, we did our first show four years ago next month in San Francisco. And the rest, as they say, is history. So it's an exciting story only because I just we're having so much fun, so passionate about it. Uh, And it's something that's never been done before. We actually had to hold a patent on a filled potato if you could believe it. Oh, wow. Very cool. What about um, before you developed Rusty Stuffed Potatoes or Stuffed uh, Spuds? Were you a voice actor at all? Because, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening and I'm like, I'm waiting for like an, uh, some sort of trailer to a Marvel movie or something coming out. In a world where potatoes yes. aren't just baked, <laughs> comes Rusty Stuffed Spuds to a kitchen near you. Oh, um, so okay. good. <laughs> I have. Thank you so much. This uh, this voice came to me, I think, when I was 11 or 12. And when it changed, all it did was get deeper and more crisp, I think. So, uh, yeah, it's always been a love of mine, too. I've done a lot of on camera and, and, and voice work over the years. And that's another love of mine. But I've never pursued it uh, professionally. But it's something that, you know, because I was blessed with this and I'm able to create some, uh, you know, promote something that Lori and I created. Uh, it goes hand in hand, which is really exciting. Incredible. I, I sensed it. I was like, I, I feel like I've heard this voice before, but that's that's so cool. And I want to dive deeper. There's there's a little bit more of a history behind, you know, not only did you find this when you were traveling abroad and, and being the foodie that you are, but what's what's the story behind this product, you know, from the 1800s that's that you talk about? Well, it's again, uh, you know, way back when it was referred to as peasant food, right? It was cheap. That's really the definition of peasant food is where, you know, families and they were large families with children always, you know, wondering, as a lot of people do today, you know, what's their next next meal going to be? And they were creative. They would literally, you know, whatever wasn't eaten at supper the night before, they would hold it over and they would, you know, take these potatoes and they would shred them and they would prepare them and they would fry them, but they would turn it up a notch, as it were, or as they say, to load it with whatever that was from supper the night before. Uh, And then so they would load that up and then cover it with shredded potatoes and fry it on both sides. Well, that is something that, you know, it, it takes just a plain potato and gives it an infinite number of culinary experiences to whatever they were, that family at that time was eating. And it just resonates so much with me because uh, we're a blended family. I brought three children to the family and there were seven, eight, nine at the time. Um, This was 20 years ago. And then Lori and I had two, Lizzie and Allie together. So there's there's a combined five kids. And, you know, early on, uh, you know, it, it, it was never easy, you know, to support and do whatever we needed to do to put food on the table. Um, but the creativity 
we resonate with. And I think everybody resonates with it, how you can be creative in the kitchen and stretch, right? Stretch your dollars, stretch. If you have, you know, with, with some creative recipes, you don't have to go over the top with, uh, you know, with a lot of dollars spent, so to speak. But that's really how, you know, there's a canton of Bern, Switzerland, where they filled it. And most of Switzerland, if you Google, you know, a Swiss Rosti, you're going to find that it's more of a potato pancake, a shredded potato pancake, like a thin hash brown pancake that fills the whole bottom of the pan. And they may season it with some seasonings and a little bit of green onion. And then they might put gravy over it or top it with something. Well, in this small canton, it was really them that came up with filling it. And to this day, that's truly been the game changer because nobody has ever filled a potato until now. I just want to continue that legacy. Yeah, it's super cool. You know, I, I worked for a brand in the past that had a patent a patent on their type of crust. And I've seen more and more brands emerge with that type of crust. I'm not sure how well that patent held up. Um, exactly. But, but it's, it's always cool to have that moat built around for uh, your brand being that you know, nobody else can do that now. Exactly. But, so tell me more about QVC. I read that you got some happy dance going on there. How was that and how did it perform for your business? We launched at Fancy Food. And we were an incubator village under the Oregon State University banner four years ago next month. An incubator village at the Specialty Food Association. So they have two shows a year. The winter fancy food show that used to be in San Francisco and now it's in Las Vegas. And then the summer fancy food show, which is always at the Javits Center in New York. Well, they dedicate one area for new food innovation that have been incubated by different incubators across the country. The one I'm you know, most familiar with, obviously, is right here in downtown Portland, Oregon, uh, which is headed up by it's an or it's truly an Oregon State University food incubator program. So we were we, they gave us a 24 inch booth and we we made 750 of these by hand, two and a half ounce, 75 gram frozen, brought them down. And then uh, Lori frantically just, oh, she killed it. She was cooking, air frying, and just that she did that the whole show. We had a line as we do at every show, six deep at our booth. Uh, so we we get through that show, get best new product. Then we go to New York for our first show, independent show of our own, in June of that year in 2019. Well, QVC and their whole executive team are in Philadelphia or in the outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So they all come to that show because it's easy for them to drive there uh, and check out new innovation that they would like to put on television. Well, I always looked at QVC as, you know, and I'm not trying to stereotype this, but ladies at night, you know, they can't sleep, they get on their phone or they get on their computer and they start buying jewelry, right? Right. Only 20 left, five left. Right. Ten payments of two forty nine or whatever that is. You know, it turns out that I got really schooled. Uh, QVC has a specialty food uh, show called Gourmet Holiday and several other shows. Uh, and it was just one of these things where I'm like, oh, my gosh, because they said this is so innovative. We need to have you on air. And then they asked me, have you done TV before? I said, well, I've done, you know, I've done on camera and voice work. They said you'd be a natural to promote your own product. So as it went, you know, that was June of 2019. We negotiated an agreement and I went on live with uh, In the Kitchen with David, the number one show on QVC and, and throughout the country television in front of about two million people and received the infamous happy dance that only David gives to products that he really loves right out of the gate because he hadn't tasted them before. And that's the best part about it. So he tasted our uh, our loaded stuffed baked potato and he gave us the happy dance. So I've been on several times since and we've got a really great following. Um, and it's just one of those it factors that uh, we are just so, so pleased to be a part of. What's the happy dance like? Is it like a Dougie or a, what, what do we got? <laughs> it's when David gives you a happy dance, he's like this. Oh, 
stand back. And he's telling the camera crew, stand back. And they and he starts going, oh, I'm, I, here we go. Here we go. And I'm like, no, he's going to give me the happy dance on this product. And so he stands back and then he goes around and puts his arms in the air and, and was just going crazy over it. And that resonates with viewers, too. When 99% of the viewers are women that buy the food products and they're all highly quality specialty food products, nothing is junk. So it's I mean, it is absolutely you know, a lot of the, most of all their stuff is delicious that they promote. Um, um, but when that happy dance comes, you go back in the green room and that ticker is, you know, it's a, it's, it's like this ticker that is just going for the sales and everything else. And that really gave, that gave us the foundation to really validate what the brand is and where it can go. And so that's, that was the exciting part about it. I actually Googled while you were describing it, his happy dance. And it's actually not too bad. It's kind of like a ro- robot moving in a, in a 360. I think I, I think I I think I busted with arms back before. and forth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if he has a patent on that dance because I definitely probably pulled a hammy doing it once in my life. <laughs> exactly. So QVC is interesting. I've actually been looking to have an episode dedicated to it because I've seen multiple brands sell out quickly and I've heard pros and cons to it. And I actually think it's a great thing. At first, you know, maybe five, six years ago, I may have had a, a similar stereotype that, you know, who, do people really shop on on, on that? And um, turns out when brands get on it, it's almost immediate. Like, you know, there's been several brands that sold out within 30 minutes that I know of. Exactly. And it's really a great platform. Now, again, it's not for everybody. And the price points need to make sense because you you can imagine their algorithms and everything that they have, they are geniuses on, right? And the team that represents our brand, and they're amazing, really understood where we needed to be from a price point, everything else. And it's not going to be cheaper than you could buy at the stores. It's the convenience. It's the custom QVC pack that we create for them um, and all of the above. So it doesn't, you know, there's no competing for, you know, what you can buy, you know, well, I can buy these 24 in the store. No, it's different. So, and that's, that's the one thing that you have to commit to is you can't just take our retail boxes and that's what they're buying. So we customize packs for them, not, not flavors, but we just customize the pack size for them and they sell it, you know, for, you know, like I said, their price point is going to be a lot more per ounce. But it's always the convenience, right? They ship it overnight on dry ice. Um, all that's included. So um, from that perspective, somebody can, you know, if they've got a wedding coming up or they've got a brunch or Easter's coming up or they just want something for, they're having a birthday party over the weekend, they can buy it, say, on a Tuesday or a Thursday. That's when we're usually on. But anytime during the week, they'll typically have it before the weekend and then they're preparing it. So, you know, they pay for convenience and that's, you know, and it's uh, it's just one of those things. Um, but like I said, it's not, it's not, you know, you're not getting margins that you would hope to get it in a in a retail outlet or a food service, uh, you know, space. You know, you have to watch it, and it's got to be managed well. I mean, we've there's been some times where uh, you know we didn't do real well, and we're questioning, well, maybe that's not a platform for us. And we we tweaked it, we made them smaller, we you know we we kind of did some custom creates creations for them um, that have you know that kept us on the map for the last three and a half years. So, um, but like I said, it's it's a science. Um, you just don't go on, even if you sell out. You need to make sure, okay, now can I produce these because you're you're working on a lot tighter margins but the exposure you get that we use for like social media and we look at it as more of a marketing expense to get the word out and get the brand awareness out so there's so many pros to it but it's not a hey let's retire because we're on qbc that's nowhere near you know what it is it's a nice uh, compliment to your brand i would say you kind of hit the nail on the head there with what i was thinking about it i've never 
personally done it. I've all, I've been tinkering with the idea over the past 10 months with Perfy. But even if you didn't make a penny, if you were upside down with that execution, would you still do it for the reach? You know what? We have done that. I mean, it, it has happened. And that's what I was kind of alluding to before. Mm. It just has to make sense in the big picture. You have to look at it over, you know, now we have year on year, right? Data over three years. And we're like, okay, COVID hit and we did much better. People were home. And so that was big. Now everybody's back out and the new norm is not what it was per show sales. And so we look at that and say, okay, does that still work? It's an ongoing conversation. It really is. It's just something that, you know, whether we do, whether we stay or we don't stay or whatever, will reveal itself. But we've had a, for all intents and purposes, we've had a fabulous run on QVC. And I would suggest to anybody, if it makes sense to you and understand it, everything on the front end going in, then I would definitely do it. Because if they're offering you a position, it's because it's something that they believe will work. They don't just put stuff on just to see. That that exercise is, uh, uh, does not happen. They know what they're doing. Yeah, very cool. It's great insights that you're giving. Um, it's I'm always curious how brand, different brands approach it. Every brand's different. Every category is different. And I, I guess if it makes sense, it makes sense. I don't think it's anything to to sniff at. I think there could be some some big volume. Uh, might not be the most ideal margins, but I think that overall, like you said, if you look over it year over year, um, you might find some new customers there that you can assign some sort of cost to to make make up for the margin that you may or may not be getting. Right. I met you at FounderMade. Shout out to uh, CPGD for um, setting that up for Perfy. Um, but how'd that show go for you? How are people, how are you finding people are loving the product? I personally was blown away by it when I tried it there. Um, what was that like for you? It was great. It was a great opportunity. I had never been part of the founder made. Uh, we had won the national pitch competition for best brand in the, in, uh, at the show for, you know, on a national brand basis in New York in June, we were runners up. And then we, with, you know, in front of 600 people, we pitched in front of five or six other brands and won, and that was part of the winnings. And so without that, I don't know that I would have ever done a founder made only because I, I wasn't familiar with it, mm -hmm. but it was great. Um, you know, we got to see, uh, we got to, uh, meet some, uh, some solid brands, including Perfy, which is amazing, <laughs> amazing drink, by the way. Uh, I absolutely loved it. So thank you for, uh, for accommodating that. And I'm glad you love the spuds, uh, the Rosties, but it was great. We had met Patrick Schwarzenegger before he was a keynote speaker there and he came by our booth again and, and tasted it. And we got to reconnect with with him that was great uh we had met him at expo west and and he loves the product as well and uh requested we send some to his home so uh everything about that show was really good so and i love that i love what they're all about right it's that founder story and it, it encompasses more than food and beverage as you know um but i thought it was a a great opportunity to continue to gain brand awareness Agreed. And how has your execution at demos or trade shows evolved over time? I've know I know that I work with some brands that have necessitated air fryers or baking or that sort of stuff. What are some like maybe oh shit moments where you didn't really plan quite well, or if it even didn't happen um, early on? Early on, we were using, and that's a great question. I thought we had to use, I had bought this Panasonic convection oven that I used to, that we traveled with uh, right out of the gate in the largest suitcase you can, uh, you could find. So I look like, you know, grandma and grandpa traveling with the oldest suitcase <laughs> in their closet. Uh, and I put towels all around it and everything else. So that's what we started with. So we, we did two or three shows that year with that one. It was like 1200 bucks, but I'm like, we have to do it in this. 
and we've got a beautiful kitchen. And if you go on, you know, on YouTube and Google QVC Rosti or Rosti QVC, you'll see where I was broadcasting during COVID because uh, we had to broadcast from our own kitchens. Right. I have a beautiful kitchen and we just love being in there. And people have asked me over the years, you know, what about an air fryer? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got a six burner Viking and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, we're at a show in New York at the uh, New York Wine and Food Festival. And we are presenting our product and it's doing well. And, and we we're on Pier 94 in New York and there was a power surge. And it looked like a cartoon where the oven explodes from the inside out. And that's exactly what happened. Lori and I jumped back and I went, what? And I said a lot more than that, as you can imagine. <laughs> and people are lined up waiting to taste these, right? And everybody's loving them as they always do. And so we had to think on our feet quick. So I ran over to a, a, this great big booth that had a bunch of ovens and they were representing several retail stores and they had chefs there preparing, you know, prepared foods and stuff. And I, I found the biggest guy in a chef jacket and I said, I've got a 911 and he's like, tell me what you need. So he started baking these off on these big food service sheets, right? 48 at a time. And so they take longer, right? Than that my convection oven, but he got the, he got us through the rest of the day. So I take an Uber over, over to like Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that in Manhattan. And guess what? The only thing they had were air fryers. So I buy two of them and I show up at the show. Lori gets an Uber from the hotel. She goes down there and I said, babe, I'm sorry. This is the only thing they had. And she goes, oh no, air fryers. I don't know how that's going to work. And I said, I agree. We're just going to need to, you know, figure this out, I guess, and apologize. We as soon as we baked off the first set of uh, of uh, samples, they were so crispy, they were so delicious, they were so perfect. I literally looked at her and I looked down at the two air fryers and I said, "Let me be the first to apologize for all the bad things I said to you two. Whatever it was, you still came through and you produced the best tasting Rosti stuff spud I've ever had." And that's how we switched over to using air fryers and in-store demos at trade shows. It is a game changer for our product. I mean, or and many other products that we use it for as well. We'll bring an air fryer. We had it up. We, I'm looking right at it on our counter. We we had some uh, Rosties and some fondue bites last night. And it is just one of those things, 60 or 70 bucks. And you will have the best experience with our Rosti Stuff Spuds in an air fryer. So that was the aha moment. I love it. Yeah, air fryers are they're doing some good things for brands uh that that need to cook at shows. Um I'm curious though, do you you don't find any trouble in demoing at, at stores with an air fryer? I didn't even know they allowed that. Absolutely they do. Oh yeah. No, there's no problem whatsoever. We got to we have to uh you know, bake it off. They're frozen. So, uh Lori and I were just in Seattle promoting uh or uh, helping them uh, uh supporting their uh steal the show event, which is the uh holiday event where they show you how to do different, you know, uh, charcuterie boards and different appetizers and things like that. So we went up to Seattle last weekend and we sold out as soon as we start air frying, you know, we just plug it in and it's, it's about halfway through the air fry, you know, about seven or eight minutes in the whole store starts smelling like you, you smelled in the founder made show where this just wafts this delicious aroma, you know, it just wafts through the air and everybody comes by and, and there hasn't been an in-store demo that we've done uh, that we haven't sold out the store in a four hour demo. We always sell out in two hours or less and true to form in an hour and 52 minutes from starting last week, we sold out the whole store. So uh, it's just, and it's, you know, have air fryer, will travel. I'm telling you, it weighs eight or nine pounds. 
you just put it in a box, bring it in, set it up, plug it in, grab them out of the freezer, throw them in there and uh, quarter them up and hand them out on a napkin and people freak out because they're, they're all clean label. We're certified gluten-free. Currently, we're vegetarian. We have done, we've, we've launched some food service with proteins, ham and Swiss, ham and Swiss and jalapeno and Swiss and jalapeno. But for the retail ones that are on shelf nationally with Whole Foods and then in 2,000 other retail locations, um, certified gluten-free, all clean label, five ingredients or less. And that great big one, you saw it before I cut it up, 75 gram, two and a half ounce. They're like side of plate mm -hmm. loaded with, you know, it's a solid three biter, even for you and I is 100, 110 calories or less. So, I mean, people are blown away at the flavor, clean label. Moms love it as after-school snacks. Top the cheese ones with a uh, poached egg and hollandaise sauce. You've got Rossi Benedict in under 20 minutes, you know, blowing your guests away I mean, for lunch, for dinner, side of plate, you know, quarter them and pass them around for the big game. I mean, it's just one of those, you know, it factors. It's like an overstuffed tater tot filled with cheese. Who doesn't love that? And they're delicious. They're incredible. Um, I actually... I left them on, I, I mess around in my air fryer. I test around different um, the temperatures and, and lengths. I burnt mine, to be honest, the first time I cooked them when I got home that night at Founder Made. Uh, Raquel went to Whole Foods and picked them up, but they were still delicious. Like There's no way I was letting them go to waste. It was still good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and thank you so much. And I remember you texted me. You're like, where can I get these? And, I, and then I got, a, I got a text saying, we got them. And you guys were sending me pictures like three hours later. I'm going, yep. you guys are rock stars. Yeah, we, we love supporting. Um, but so early on when you when you first started, um, I wanted to change gears here. When you when you first started, what was that first retailer that took a stab uh, on your product and and kind of was just like a yes, this is happening type moment for you? Well, in October of 2018 is when we finally got tapped to start the program at the Food Innovation Center on the Oregon State program. We were hoping to get in, in May, and then they got a, a bunch of uh, projects that they needed to finish up with other founders. And so we, you know, I said, hey, I don't care when you get us in, but you have a winter tasting event in December of 2018. It's where they do two a year. They do one in the summer and one in the winter. And I said, as long as you can guarantee me that we will be at the winter tasting event showing off our new Rosties. Uh, then I'm good whenever you bring us in. So they said, you've got our word. As long as you're you know, willing to work with us uh, in the kitchen. And I said, Lori and I aren't doing anything else. We are all in on this deal. Matter of fact, you know, when uh, we started doing this, we actually started doing our own R&D in the kitchen by partnering with the Oregon Food Bank right here in Portland. So we started feeding the homeless. Every week, we'd make two or 300 of these by hand. And that turned out to be our R&D, our research and development to figure out what size, what flavor profiles work. And we've got we got a really big following just from, you know, giving back to our own community. So in October of 2018, which we still do, by the way, um, which is just something that we all believe in. But in October 2018, I said, as long as we can make it to your December 4th show where and there's like 50 of their innovators that they've made, you know, over the years that they've graduated, you know, with different products, whether it's ice cream or drinks or barbecue sauces or whatever. And then Rossi's um that they do so we get set up december 14th i had some shirts made and so you know we had our kids there Lori's there i'm there we have a bunch of different rows of different flavors we mocked up we had some pictures taken mocked up some packaging i mean i was all in i didn't just show up with a pan that said hey tasty's what do you think we looked like a brand my dad always told me perception is reality if you look bigger than life that's what people are going to think you are 
so we're you know we're talking and the show's over at eight o'clock right the you know this tasting event so uh but our our line is still two or three deep and we're talking to people and i'm meeting the vice president of a of a store chain locally here called new seasons i'm working with uh, talking to another vice president of market of choice another food banner here in portland and really great natural you know the natural food style and everything else like a like a local whole foods and so anyway, we get, we get done with that show and everybody else was, you know, packed up and left. And then they finally kicked us out and said, you got to go. So I got a bunch of business cards. The next morning I wake up and here's where I really thought that we think we have something because I needed to do the show to really prove it out. Of, is this a weekend warrior? Is it just a hobby? I had two vendor agreements and this is eight weeks after I went from a napkin, mind you, um, to this winter tasting event to promote it, right? To have people taste it. Two vendor agreements for 31 retail stores here in Portland the very next morning. I called them both, thanked them very much. But I said, I have no idea how I'm going to make this, where I'm going to make it, um, and how much I can make. I said, we just we just created this. And they said, and they both said in not so many words, we get it, but we know you're going to figure it out it's the most innovative potato that we've ever seen. And when you do, we want to be the first stores that put it in. Well, then four weeks later with the Winter Fancy Food Show, like I told you, an incubator village under the Oregon State banner, Whole Foods walks up from from uh, Austin, Texas corporate. They tasted it. They came back and said, hey, most innovative potato we've ever seen. We're going to launch you in the Pacific Northwest region. And in two years, you'll be uh, national with us. And a year and a half ago in July, 23 months later, we went national with Whole Foods. So it's just one of those things where I tell people filling a potato wasn't rocket science. It just <laughs> we just happened to be the first ones to do it. And we did it very well. And uh, as simple as it is, it's delicious. Um, took about nine months to really commercialize it and get it to where it was absolutely perfect. And that's when the, the floodgates opened up. So, you know, everybody has their challenges as we did through COVID and, ev and everything else. And if you can't commit to financing you know, ventures or raising capital, you have to wear so many hats, as you know, personally, to launch a product. But if you've got passion behind it, first and foremost, and it's coming from the heart, and you've got your family behind it. I always say, you know, uh, if we build it, they will come. And you know, we're currently in the middle of a fundraise now uh, to get us to the next level. And, you know, we've we've closed some bigger banners uh, in the last 60 days. Now we're in Target in the Midwest, and we hope to roll out nationally with them later in 2023. That was a big, now, you know, we're national with Whole Foods, and we're working with some club club opportunities. And then we're, we launched our uh, food service uh, size as well uh, that we're launching into several convenience store chains later in 2023 as well. So it fits, right? It's a stuffed, basically a stuffed hash brown, a stuffed tater tot, whatever you want to call it, a Swiss Rosti stuffed spud. But for grab and go, it's an absolute lock, right? For breakfast, lunch, wherever on the go. And so that's where we're going after as well. So our three channels are, you know, in 2023 will be club, retail, and food service. And we believe we'll knock it out of the park in all three. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask about food service. Do you get any sort of um, perks from Oregon State for that partnership? Or I mean, that's the first question. The second part of that question is, are they also part owners in the company because of the collaborative work? No, it was strictly contract only. They're they're an education in a school. They're they're not looking for, and they wouldn't. It's not part of their curriculum. It's it's basically uh, get you in, do everything they can to hear you and hear what you're looking to do, and then use their expertise to create it, commercialize it, use their food science behind it. So that was just a straight fee, um, which was amazing. So no, they don't own any part of it. 
And then uh, number two, what was the question on the food service? Are you in any of their um, student halls, like the cafeterias and stuff? No, we uh, that's that's uh, there's another program called ECRM that we've done several times. And uh, we are now that will be one of them, the uh, the, the uh, uh, cafeterias at universities because of the clean label uh, that we've already had several commitments and we hadn't created it yet. I wanted to make sure uh, we had the uh, the want first and we've already got it. So probably fall of 2023, uh, we're going to pick a handful of universities that have reached out and we're going to do we're going to do the tests in there. But we all believe as it's done in our other tests and different channels channels that'll be successful and then uh heading into 2024 we'll really put a big focus on universities absolutely and you know and uh, medical facilities hospitals um because it's you know like i said for the celiac population which is growing every year they're all certified gluten-free clean label so they they fit and of course you have to do that if you're getting that you know whole foods was the first big you know national chain to take us and they don't take you unless you're clean label right and so we check all the boxes Agreed. Agreed. I think you'll crush it in student dining halls. And I mean, I could see these at 7-Eleven in a breakfast option or like Starbucks oh, yeah. as well. Absolutely. That That's all in the plan, my friend. <laughs> well, very cool. Um, so what's next? You got more flavors coming out, um, more retailers. You, you mentioned uh, Target and maybe Nationwide next year. What, what else is cooking? Well, uh, as I said, we've created some for food service. What's nice about food service is that it's not, uh, you know, we don't have to put them in individual cartons or anything else. It's easier for us to create and do test and trial. I've always wanted to do, you know, ones with meat, right? Protein. So we've tested some uh, ham and Swiss and some ham and Swiss and jalapeno, and they've absolutely crushed it. So now we're looking to uh, take the data that we're getting from uh, from those uh, and cross that over into some into retail as well as breakfast, developing uh, some breakfast ones as well. Uh, that's a natural because it's basically, you know, it's going to be filled with breakfast items that are uh, surrounded by crispy hash browns, right? Uh, you know, as I've always said, the potato being the vehicle, we have an infinite number of flavor profiles and culinary experiences we can create, crush, you know, crossing all cultures. So, mm-hmm. you know, the sky's the limit, but <laughs> just trust me on this one. Uh, we're constantly developing new flavor profiles and you're going to see a heck of a lot more coming into 2023. Very cool. And if we can go deeper into, and I'm not asking for like um, uh, private info, but like for people who are listening, when you talk about innovating for food service, you're talking about like, you don't need to have it in the individual four pack boxes. You could put it in a big old bag, right? Yeah. What they will be is there, uh, there, uh, we've already done a successful test last year or earlier this summer in a 600 store test in the Midwest. And they, uh, they marketed it two to a boat, right? So like you would go in and get a couple of chicken strips or some uh, tater tots or whatever you go into the hot case and you pull it out. That's what they were served in. So basically two to a boat, it was amazing. It crushed it. So that just checked the next box. So this is how we do test and trial. It was just an LTO, limited time offer. But what it proved to us was it proved out the model that food service is an absolute winner. So yes, that's what, that's how you're going to find it. Very cool. Well, um, Stephen, I had an awesome time chatting with you. I honestly, I feel like I've been watching a trailer for for 40 minutes now. And I, I've, abs- I've absolutely enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you so much, my friend. And I, I appreciate you so much for... Not only, you know, uh, you know, becoming a friend and colleague just at that founder made show, but I always tell Lori, nothing is by chance. You know, we do these shows and we meet these people for a reason. And you're right up there with with all the rest of them. And I just appreciate this opportunity to tell the story, be on your show and keep drinking Perfy. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, if you happen to be in, a, in your local Whole Foods or natural grocers currently, uh, you know, in the in the California area, you know, go in and grab some stuff spuds and, and let me know what you think. 
And always remember, cook till crispy and stay crispy, my friends. Yes, we used to say keep it crispy back in college. Um, so I like there you go, keep it crispy. I love it. Cool. I'll link to your store locator in the show notes as well, so everyone can find you. And I hope everyone gives them a try because they're absolutely delicious. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, uh, have have an amazing holiday with your family and everybody on the show. And I, once again, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Take care. 